0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Five Stories with Deb and Becky. We talk about all the great stories that we find that relate to small towns, rural business, and all the things that deal with keeping your town vibrant, healthy, alive, and having a small town now that is worth celebrating. Deb, how are things in your part of Iowa today?
1: Things are lovely. It's, I think, maybe spring. At least close. We know it's close.
0: It is very close. I tell you, today is a great example of rural people and overcoming any difficulty that gets thrown at us and making the best of limited resources because my Internet connection went down hard right before we started here. So we are operating through the Wi-Fi through my phone. So as long as that holds out, we have great connection today. And that's the thing that we kind of do in small towns is that we're used to having Internet that comes and goes, and we're used to having to deal with any kind of limited resources.
1: That's right. We make do. You know, that's that good work ethic. We know how to make do.
0: Absolutely. So we have five stories and let's get right to it. The first story for this week is the Agritourism Toolkit. This one is from Travel Oregon, which I think is a great toolkit. You know, Deb, every time you try to show that, it goes away. Well, the Agritourism Toolkit from Travel Oregon has some wonderful resources for anybody doing an agritourism type business. And it. it In fact, I love the fact that they say that we want you to establish a strong marketing presence after ensuring business fundamentals are in place. I think that's a good plan. Get your business fundamentals in place and then do a lot of marketing. Deb, what did you think of the Agritourism Mm -hmm. Toolkit?
1: It's a fabulous resource. In fact, I think every state and community needs something like this. I was blown away. It has got me to thinking about how we can create something, this sort of thing, exactly where we live. I looked at that and I went, oh, boy, I've got some work to do now. It's just that good. So bravo to them. And I think once everybody sees it, they're going to want to recreate it for their own community as well.
0: Absolutely. Other states have them as well. I'm pretty sure if I dig around, I have other agritourism toolkits and that may be a recurring theme. We share different states' agritourism toolkits. Our second link this week is another home run from Katie. Um, It's at Kate's Country Living. It is five reasons that small towns should think regionally. Uh, This is another article from Katie that uh, she did because I asked her to. And, you know, I think that the best thing about this is she's listed all five reasons. Number four was one I had not thought of, which is small towns are interconnected by family ties because you all have family in nearby communities. And that's one way that our towns are connected. We're used to thinking about the reasons that our towns hate each other. This is a great list of reasons for our towns to like each other and work well together. What an idea.
1: Yeah, and regionalism is particularly effective when there are no other towns but small towns in your area. So why not work together to create magic? You know, in Iowa, a great example is the villages of Van Buren right here. So there's no stoplights in the entire county. And they figured out how to work together as a region. And Katie's from North Dakota, and they have the same thing. It's just all spread out. And Sarah, yeah, family everywhere around me. Boy, she gets that for sure.
0: Okay. Story number three is from the Regional Australia Institute. I love reading the stories from the Regional Australia Institute because in Australia, regional is everything that's outside of the capital cities and away from the coast. These are, these are all the other places that are not the big city. And they have, for this week, they have three population trends that should be on your radar that are about rural Australia and regional Australia. Rural and regional have two different definitions in Australia. But I thought it was great because the trends are exactly the same trends we're seeing in rural America right now uh, that we have. Um, we have boomers who are being super active in their communities. We have regional returners, people coming back to rural areas, um, which is very much like the brain game that Ben Winchester is seeing out of the University of Minnesota. And then immigration is playing a very large role. And we see this in a lot of other small towns in the United States as well. So no matter where you live, you should give this article a good read because those are three population trends that really should be on your radar.
1: Absolutely. I love the super boomers and the regional returners. Uh, we're seeing it here as well. But I'm particularly fascinated with the adoption of international migrants. It sounds as if Australia is in favor of migrants coming to their shores. I'll be keeping a close eye on that trend and see how their small towns are growing with international migrants.
0: Right. And we're all seeing that, honestly. I'm, a lot of places, the, the international immigrant population is really changing the face of small towns and is the number one factor in population growth in a lot of towns. So it's an important factor and very much worth paying attention to. Story number four is White Horse Greenhouse teams up with local artists and food co-op. So I think this is great. This is a nursery, a greenhouse and nursery business that has been around forever. But what they've done is they've taken their off season, you know, when there's not all that much growing, and they've turned it into an opportunity to be like a little business incubator. They're letting all kinds of businesses grow inside there. So there are things like um, there's coffee and chainsaw art and everything they could think of to take this building that's basically empty during the winter and turn it into businesses. I think it's it's wonderful. I love to see business in a business. I I love to see businesses cooperate. I love the fact that these are all little tiny businesses. You know, you don't have to be very in business in order to have a little space inside the greenhouse there. Um, And, you know, you can, there's so many wonderful things about this story. Everybody that has a big building and an off season, what a great opportunity to expand what your business is doing.
1: I really like that they're finding ways to support each other and working together, but also finding ways uh, to bring products to the people that live in the community. Again, a big complaint is that people are still going out of town to shop. So it's something that I think all small towns complain about and we need to find ways to market ourselves and let people know that we do have what they need locally. And they're doing that.
0: Definitely. Okay, the last story for the day came from Shareable and it was how to build a better neighborhood. Now, this was written, this article is written and it has kind of a big city feel at the beginning, especially about, you know, we moved to this neighborhood in the big city and what can we do? But the tips they give are definitely written for small neighborhood. And definitely work in any small town. So there's things like throw a party, encourage regular casual gatherings, have porch time. What's more small town than having porch time? So the tips here, even though it's written for neighborhoods, very much applies for anybody's small town anywhere. And uh, so give that one a read and take some of those actions. Throw a party in your town. I think it's a great advice.
1: You know, we've been talking about how to have more time outside with neighbors. Our lives are just so busy running after kids, so many activities that they're involved in. Then there's the electronics that we're all attached to. I do like this idea. You know, we have uh, I have four neighbors on my block. So what if we just did a block party out on the block one Saturday morning once it warms up? You know, in Chicago, we used to have informal block parties. Somebody would bring the music, somebody bring chips and dip. And, you know, next thing you're dancing and have a little party in the afternoon. There's no reason we can't do that in small towns. I think it would be awesome. And, you know, maybe play a little ball and just have some fun. Good idea.
0: I I tell you what, even in the smallest small town, there are neighborhoods, you know, I live in a town of 30 people and we have North side and South side. I'm not (laughs) kidding. So everybody has neighborhoods. Just take your little tiny neighborhood and get together with your neighbors and have a party. That's just, you know, if we have no other advice for you, spring is coming eventually in your neighborhood. Take the opportunity to get out with your neighbors, enjoy the out of doors, and don't make it formal. Just go around and leave a note on people's doors. We're partying Saturday morning in the parking lot at the church. And have everybody show up, you know, this is, this is how easy it is. So those are our top five stories for the week. Uh, Great ideas for small towns. We want you to be taking the steps that make your town thrive and prosper into the future, because we firmly believe that your town has a future. It has a now, don't be stuck in the past, be busy doing the things that make your town thrive.
1: That's right. And you can view these links at needalittledadvice.com. It'll be up later tonight. And we'll also share it on our Facebook page at saveyour.town tomorrow morning.
0: And I will share these on my podcast at smallbizsurvival.com slash podcast where you can sign up. Um, And it is shared through iTunes. So if you're an iTunes person, you can always listen in there. And the links will be posted in the show notes. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we will see you again next week. Thank you. Bye now.